San Diego's talk radio leader, 760 KFMB presents It's Your Money and Your Life. For the next hour, Richard Musio and Joe Vecchio will educate and inform you on matters related to your financial future, your life, and your leisure. Now, with It's Your Money and Your Life, here are Richard and Joe. All right, good evening, buddy. My name is Joe Vecchio, your co-host, announcer, and producer, coming to you from KFMB Studios with 50,000 watts of power. We're heard not just in San Diego County, but Orange County, L.A. County, up the coast of Seattle on a good night, down to Cabo, out to the desert. All these podcasts can be heard on iWayMoney.com. If you download the app for 760 KFMB, you could hear us on any device, and we are free on iTunes. And now time to introduce the main man of the, man of the hour. He's a CPA extraordinaire. He's a best-selling author. He's a marathon runner and a family office expert advising several high-net-worth families and a philanthropist and all-around good guy, Richard Musio. Good evening. How are you tonight? Marvelous evening, Joe. <laughs> Only six shopping days left until Christmas. You're counting. You're but going, I'm done. <laughs> you're counting by the day. I'm so. done. Uh, yes. Are and, you done? Um, What'd you get me for Christmas? Oh, wait, don't spoil the surprise. I got a book. It's called So What's Your Play? <laughs> I wrote that. That's right. <laughs> every, every time they announce that there's another movie coming out, I sell more books. I'm going to get you that David Pogue book, I think. Yeah, I'd like to read that. The Essential Tips. It's a, it's a good yeah. little thing to have. So, But, uh, boy, we've got a really interesting guest. Uh, I don't think we should make too much small talk at the top of the show because this gentleman, he's been a prominent sports executive. He's been a technology pi- uh, pioneer, a media personality, a philanthropist. It's almost like your intro, Richard. He's a best-selling author, a lecturer, an entrepreneur, consultant, a life coach, and gosh, what else has he not done? His name is David Meltzer, down from Orange County to visit us. David, welcome to the show. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So you, your roots are in San Diego. Tell us about your growing up here and where you went to school, and uh, and then we'll get into your career a little bit. Oh, yeah. I'm all San Diego still, even though they kicked me out. I'm up in <laughs> southern Orange County. The, the, the traffic got too bad uh, commuting to Newport Beach. Uh-huh. Uh, but I grew up here in San Diego uh, all the way from Weinberger Elementary, Lewis Junior High School, Patrick, oh, yeah. Patrick Henry High School. And uh, I would have stayed here if uh, San Diego State wanted me to play football, but uh, you can't see me on the radio, but I'm more built for the booth. And uh, <laughs> I went, went, went to Occidental College up in Los Angeles because they actually let me play football there. Wasn't Armand Hammer a big uh, supporter of that school, I think, right? Yeah, great play. Occidental Oil, right? He made his name for the oil. He oil? certainly did. That's okay. it. All right. Great school. And I know he was big, big friends with the Russian uh, Brezhnev or somebody back in the day, so... But, what year were you, Patrick Henry? Uh, I graduated in 1986. Okay. Yeah. There you go. The Eric Harris years. Yeah, Eric Harris years. <laughs> so what did you first do in, uh, when you first got out of college? What did you major in, by the way? Uh, I majored in English and poli-sci, mm-hmm. a little kinesiology minor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I went to law school at Tulane. Okay. I wanted to be a sports agent. Uh-huh. Yeah. You knew that right away. I, I, well, I did. Well, I, originally, I wanted to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. And uh, my brother was in med school at UCLA, and I went over there and saw the hospital and I told him, hey, I go, gosh, I hate hospitals. He goes, then well, how are you going to be a doctor? <laughs> <laughs> which, which, which is funny to me because people tell me they want to be a sports agent and I'm uh-huh. like, do you even know what that means? It was like me wanting to be a doctor. Uh-huh. So like a good Jewish boy from San Diego, I switched it to be a lawyer. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and, uh, but you went to law school with the thought of being a sports agent? or I did. did. You, really? I did and it didn't work out. What? what did... <laughs> <laughs> What do you mean it didn't work out? You worked with Lee Steinberg, for gosh sake. It sakes. took me years. You know, I got into technology after law school. Oh, okay. And to my mom's dismay, she actually, I, I still quote her on this, told me that the internet was going to be a fad. 
<laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> she still lives in San Diego. <laughs> Your mom said that, or you said she? My mom told me that when I told her I was going to take a job in technology, she told me the internet was a fad. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, she, really, she probably still has the rotary phones at home somewhere, <laughs> somewhere hidden away. Uh, she has a new house. That, Real that, <laughs> from the internet. <laughs> so you got out of college, and what did you do in the internet? Tell us about that. You know, I was blessed. Uh, West Publishing was the largest legal. Uh, Publisher in the world, sure. and so he, they started Westlaw as one of the first four people to sell Westlaw, like a doctor sells mm-hmm. laser equipment. And uh, fortunately for me, about four years into it, Thomson Reuters bought us for three and a half billion dollars, hmm. and I was the youngest executive there, so they kept me on. Uh, and then Accenture pulled me away for the the real telecom boom uh, up in the Silicon Valley, where I was a, a young director of a wireless proxy server company. Hmm. And then uh, Samsung pulled me away from there. Uh, they ha- weren't uh, in the phone business yet and hired me as their CEO of their very first, what was called Convergence Devices. The PCE phone. You got it. Yeah. Uh, I remember that. Uh, too big and too expensive. And, yeah. And there you go. We're big and expensive again. Huh. <laughs> well, see, now that, what a great life lesson. You, you, you know, your background wasn't in technology. You weren't an electrical engineer, but you just had vision and, and drive, right? Yeah. In, so. bu- in business sense, on I, I constantly looked at the reasons people would use something, the impact it would have on them, and the capabilities that were valuable. And mm-hmm. I've stuck to that methodology along the way with the diverse things that I do. Mm-hmm. I, I find that formula to work of creating value. Mm. Outstanding. So, um, but you did eventually migrate into the sports world. Uh, how did that happen? Oh, you know, well, I retired uh, after Samsung. Mm-hmm. I re- retired in my 30s, and I started surrounding myself with the wrong people, mm. uh, wrong ideas. And uh, started believing my own BS. Uh, and well, that I, happens uh, <laughs> when you get too successful too quickly. You know, it's uh, it can happen. And uh, and and so through that process, uh, I learned the, the true power of my life, which was gratitude and empathy, which is forgiveness. And I needed a lot of that because I screwed things up. I owned a golf course and real estate here and a variety of other things. And through that, those challenges, I learned what life was really about. Hmm. And uh, through that experience, I met Lee Steinberg, trying to help a friend. And within 48 hours, he hired me as his chief operating officer. Huh. And then six months later, I was the CEO of the most notable sports agency in the and world. And what year was that? That was in two, uh, 2009. Huh. How about that? Yeah. And then a oh, 2008, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, time flies. I'm getting old. Lee Steinberg, the model for um, Jerry Maguire. You got it. it. Or, oh, in any yeah. given Sunday, for the love of the game, yeah. Arliss. Yeah. He's been involved. Hmm. How about that? So um, how many years did you spend with Lee? So I spent four years with Lee, mm-hmm. and that's where I met Warren Moon. We were both partners. Uh, Jeff Morehead, Morad, uh, who had just left, he went and bought part of the Diamondbacks. And, and then the Chargers. I mean, Padre. Padre. In Padre. fact, that was one of the first things that I worked on was, was helping Jeff uh, with that purchase and hmm. understanding that, as well as trying to get the Rams to move back to L.A. Which I hope happens because I'd like the Chargers to stay here, and we can talk more about that too. So, um, Absolutely. Uh, Joe, one know. team from the AFC, one <laughs> team from the NFC. That's what it's going to be. It's not going to be uh, not gonna be two at once. I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> but uh, let's see. So you negotiate over $2 billion in sports and entertainment contracts. What were some of the more uh, – does one particular negotiation stand out in your mind uh, that uh, – the Rams. So, I mean, I, I know $2 billion, uh, back in 2008 was a lot. Uh, it's, we, it's actually now I do that. You know, I'm working with the Carson Project, for mm-hmm. example. I think that's over $2 billion by itself. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when $2 billion meant something, yeah. I negotiated a $2 billion deal. Uh, we were bringing uh, the Rams back here. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
little did I know that they were hiding the fact of Lee's drinking problem. Mm. And I kept getting these reports why Lee wasn't in the office was he was sick. Uh, eventually, I figured out that he was once in detox and then into rehab, court-ordered rehab, so he mm. could... This is Lee who? Lee Steinberg. Lee Steinberg. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And he's, he's a recovering alcoholic, which is now public, which mm-hmm. makes my job easier. Okay. And the interesting thing was Lee throws me into this deal with John Shaw... Georgia Ferrienti, uh-huh. everybody, uh-huh. a $900 million deal, the financial, uh, that Franklin Financial was doing the financing. And once again, I, I had a test of my humility. And for the first time, I took the humble approach instead of trying to BS my way through it. I called Lee and said, look, I'm way over my skis. Uh-huh. Can, can I call Jeff Morad to help me or someone else? But and Lee says to me, and he may have been drunk when he said it, but <laughs> <laughs> he said, Dave, there's three things you need to know in this negotiation. One, always be fair. Two, uh, don't negotiate to the last penny. And three, don't do business with dicks. <laughs> <laughs> I said in the NFL that may be impossible. I was going to say, in the NFL, so number three. I think Dick but, Gamberg's a great guy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and and, and there was no Dick Sporting Goods, so yeah. I didn't know what he was talking about. <laughs> I knew something was going to... Well, Joe, you know, you know uh, on the theme of our last two shows, there, uh, there are more horses' asses in the world than there are horses. But anyway... <laughs> So, uh, four years with Lee Steinberg, then you struck out on your own, right? With and Warren Moon, yeah. With Warren Moon. and um, The pride of Hamilton High School. Yeah. With Five straight Gray Cups with the Edmonton Eskimos, is it? Yep. Yeah, he, okay. probably, he probably had one of the uh, UW. strongest arms of any quarterback ever, huh? I mean, yeah. he could throw lasers. Yeah. Unbelievable accuracy. And, and you're spin. saying to this day he can still throw. Yeah, he uh, still plays in the direct TV beach bowl against younger quarterbacks <laughs> and, and beats him. As long as he doesn't have to run, he's 59 years old and he looks like he's 40. Well, that's uh, that's uh, Philip uh, Rivers' uh, philosophy, as long as I don't have to run. <laughs> and Dan Fouts. We'll be right back with David Meltzer, Esquire, CEO of Sportsman Marketing. Be right back. We're back with David Meltzer, down from Orange County, but San Diego native. He's CEO of Sports One Marketing, works with Warren Moon and a lot of other great people. David, you have your own radio show, right? Yeah, I actually have a couple. Uh, the one up, I, I do street cred, actually with Vincey Glenn. Yeah, the, the old Chargers. defensive back for the Chargers. I remember that name. Yeah, sure. yeah, so we do that. And then I do Thursday Night Tailgate on the Arms Forces Radio and iHeart Radio. How cool is that? Yeah, so very fun. But uh, let's see, principles to success. What can you tell people about that? You know, I, I always stuck to three principles to success, which were what I call action principles in life. I was a very motivated. I have no talent, no size, no skills. So my only talent was I could outwork you. Mm. And so I stuck to discipline, strategy, and awareness as three action principles. And and it, it worked out really well, so I, I stuck to it. But as I made all these mistakes and what I call these successive events in my life, mm-hmm. I started realizing that you needed to be balanced. And so I created three imagination principles. And what my philosophy now is that if you consciously think about what you want, it's a possibility. And then I use my imagination principles of foundation, which is my personal experiential giving and receiving values, mm-hmm. my guideposts of clarity, balance, focus, which gives me confidence. And then the process of manifestation, which is your perspective, alignment, action, and adjustment. Then you become inspired. And once you become inspired, mathematically and physically, the possibility becomes a probability. Mm. And the only thing that stands in your way from that probability 
is you and those actions to make it your perspective or reality. So I created a formula to manifest anything that you desire in life and business. Within reason, within your skill set, right? Exactly. I mean, I, mean, I, can't, I can't go <laughs> cure cancer tomorrow. I have no, you know, no medical skill in that. But things that I can do, you know, and envision and, and work on, whether it's uh, building a new cell phone or getting the right team. And obviously it's finding the right team members, right? Absolutely. The Ben Franklin effect, I call it, always ask for help. Part of the humility. It's interesting you say that because I, I spoke at the United States Travel Association and I started out by saying, you know, my name is Dave Meltzer and I just want to tell you I'm full of shit. <laughs> and, and I, started I, started, I wrote a book about manifesting everything that you desire in life and business and that's impossible. But the younger you are, the more possibilities there are yeah. because you still can develop those skill sets and hone them. Uh, but yes, we, we live in an ordinary consciousness. We have to be pragmatic. You know, if I wanted to be an NBA star, uh, yeah, maybe the commissioner, but, yeah. but not the star. Right. Well, I think Robert Evans, the famed uh, uh, Hollywood director, he's boy talk about his seven wives and all that, but um, he had an interesting life. But he he said success is where preparation meets opportunity, and I thought that was always a, a pretty good uh, statement. So absolutely. So yeah, Debbie Seafield said, if at first you don't succeed, try it again, and if that doesn't work, then quit. <laughs> and then, don't be a damn fool about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. I got a whole Just book of his stuff. Do, so. do something else. <laughs> He also thought, like, he goes, I like children, uh, parboiled. <laughs> so, yeah, <exactly. laughs> I got four of them, so yeah. I, I resemble that. <laughs> but life coaching, what are some of the, um, can you mention any people that you may have coached or just some of the life coaching principles, or was that all wrapped up in some of your prior? prior? You know, no, we, we're doing a current thing called the Meltzer uh, Methods in, in the mission meetings. And so I created a really efficient, effective way. It's, a, it's an hour phone call with three to five people on it. And mm. I do do individual life coaching. I've done it uh, e even in the transition service for some Hall of Famers uh, leaving uh, their professions uh, in the Hall of Fame, as well as some of the, the, the great stars you see, especially quarterbacks, mm -hmm. uh, giving them uh, that focus and clarity that they need, as well as some substantial uh, advice on how to keep their lives balanced. Mm -hmm. um, but the mission meetings are a great way every two weeks to take a personal or professional mission and make it a reality. Hmm. But is, isn't one of the biggest challenges for any athlete the last two-thirds of their life? Ah, by far. It's incredible. And it's, and it's not necessarily, even though they fail monetarily a lot mm -hmm. of the times, it's really the emotional aspect of from the time you're 18 years old or even before, yeah. every single person in your life is catering to you. Right. You don't, even, you don't even have to book a plane ticket. No. You, know, I mean, you don't have to do anything. And that reality is so hard to adjust. And depression sets into over 95% of the people Warren and I work with. And, and these are great athletes mm -hmm. with plenty of money. Uh, but depression sets in because of this void, shortage, and obstacle mm -hmm. that's instantly created. And as they get older, it gets worse. So, you know, take Bobby uh, Bobby Bell, who's one of my favorites. Yeah, a linebacker. Right. From yeah. Could have played any position, Kansas yeah. City, Super Bowl rings. Yeah. He could walk down the street and not one person, after the unbelievable stature and status that he had, not one person even recognized him. Mm -hmm. And even if they did, some people don't treat him with the respect they did. He made $5,800 to play football in, in that season. Huh. Well, I, I remember Bobby Riggs. He said once, uh, you know, he went from a famous tennis career to being an executive of his father-in-law's company. And then, of course, reinvented himself as the male chauvinist pig. But he said, <laughs> he said, you know, when I was a tennis player, I'd walk in a room and everybody wanted to be with me. He said, when I was a business executive, I would walk into a room and nobody even knew who I was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. We deal that, you know, Vince, he's one of our, he, he's our player development at Sports One Marketing, my, my co-host on the show. And 
you know, Vince, he likes the anonymity. He's, he, he's a unique mm -hmm. individual, mm -hmm. but it, it's amazing even for him, the transition. He went to Upper Deck, friends with Tiger, mm -hmm. all, you know, where now, I, I look even in my office, I had some young interns, great story, and the kid plays at University of New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. and, and out of arrogance and ignorance, he tells Vince, well, you could never tackle me. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Vince Glenn was a second round. He's a 40-something yeah. pick. And I said, the man was all American at Indiana State, and you're at University of New Hampshire, and Vincey yeah. Glenn can't tackle you. <laughs> He'll tackle you right now. Exactly. For yeah. <laughs> I can tackle him. I played at Occidental. But uh, yeah. how about helping these athletes get involved in, a, uh, I guess, a worthy cause? Maybe it's animal rights. Maybe, you know, get them into some, some causes. Is that what you do? Or? Absolutely. Everything we do is make a lot of money, help a lot of people, have a lot of fun. So if there's not a charitable component, or something that can affect major change, Warren and I will not get involved. But the interesting thing about the, the, uh, the, the animals is mm -hmm. that you know that the, one of the first foundations for a player set up was Kicks for Critters. Mm -hmm. You know who that Ralph was? Ralph yeah. and yeah. Lee And Lee was Ralph's uh, client, and that was Lee's motto, is that he would not represent a player unless they understood and complied with the fact that they were going to create a foundation and give at least 10% of all their earnings well, to their charity. Because his philosophy was great qualification. If the kid didn't believe in that, then he knew all he was going to get in the future was problems. Mm -hmm. But if they were loyal to that, they would be loyal to Lee and never leave him, wow. which is Steve Young, Warren Moon, mm -hmm. Troy Aikman, $2 billion in management that he carried. Huh. I didn't know that. That's really a great principle. Um, I think you're seeing more and more socially responsible companies and corporations do this now, right? Uh, getting their employees and management uh, out doing philanthropic work or human well, We had the Dewey Good model on the radio show, yeah. Sherry Arison and David yeah. Arison from Mia. Yeah. And I, I sit on the board with Deepak Chopra and Paul Tudor Jones called Just Capital, where they're actually creating an index of just companies. Mm -hmm. And they've taken the 15 criteria from sustainability to equal pay, mm -hmm. all of these different issues, and you're going to start seeing who are the just companies within their categories, right? Just in the oil business is different than in the gluten-free business. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> wow. That's great. That is great. Um, yeah, we're, see we're seeing more and more of that. And, you know, the gratitude thing, there's, there's been studies now and articles that it's good for your own personal health and mental well-being, right, to, to have a, an attitude of gratitude and, and, and acting in that way, right? Thank you for bringing that up, Joe. <laughs> thank, you. thank you both. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I feel so much better now. <laughs> gratitude is the most powerful thing, in my opinion, on earth. And it uh, not only makes us feel good, it makes the person that you were being gracious towards mm -hmm. feel better. And the most interesting thing to me is the people who witness gracious acts mm -hmm. actually feel better as well. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a very good friend, Richard, that knows who it is. I'm not going to mention it. He has a, very, a wonderful home. He and his wife, is, and, and they have events all the time. And I've been there dozens and dozens. Every time I always send a note, thank you for a wonderful event. Every time, you know, but... Uh, and I, it's just it's just the way I, right, I, I got a handwritten note in the mail the other day from somebody thanking me. I didn't know what to do with the envelope. <laughs> so, well, what do you well, do? I got, with, a, how I got do you a solution. <laughs> I, got, I, I created the gratitude app. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I did. Yeah. So I have a 30 day gratitude challenge. <laughs> it reminds you every day to say thank you before you go to bed and when you wake up. More importantly, you just click on your contacts. So if I leave here today, yeah. I click on your two contacts mm -hmm. and I can upload a picture of us and give a templated card 
that says thank you so much for having me wow. on your show. And it's auto- it's perfect for bar. I still have my bar mitzvah for, thank you card. For, so forget so Hallmark. I'm use it for that. <laughs> forget that. We have our own Hallmark moment. So right. and and of course a lot more uh, economical, right? Yeah, absolutely. And no paper. <laughs> I was going to say no paper. That's a big deal these so are you, days. Are you still involved a lot in technology? Um, I, I am, but mostly sports technology. Well, good. We're going to get into that. We're going to take our little break right now. We're going to come right back with David Meltzer from Sports One Marketing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Right after new sports and weather. Hang on. All right, we're back with the second half of the award-winning It's Your Money and Your Life, and this is the time where Richard thanks our sponsors. Speaking of gratitude, <laughs> a big thank you to all of our sponsors. I'm going to do them backwards. Just kidding. I always start with UBS because we couldn't do this show without UBS. Mm-hmm. Michael Caranta and Drew Fetus. Big thank you to UBS. Also, our favorite CPAs on the planet. Jason Kruger with Signature Analytics, the best CFO firm anywhere on the West Coast now with five offices along the West Coast. Also, more traditional CPAs, Plato Epic CPAs up in lovely San Marcos, California. Paul Polito, of course, is a recent Advisor of the Year Award winner here in San Diego. Also, Carl Sheeler with Berkeley Research Group, a great business valuation firm, helping business owners understand the risks that drive their businesses and the values that emanate therefrom. Reduce the risk, increase the value of your business. Also, Joel Grushkin and Kurt Gautreau with cost segregation initiatives, helping real estate owners improve their cash flow. Brenda Geiger from the Geiger Law Offices can help you protect all of that improved cash flow, asset protection, and estate planning. If you need a place to put that money, how about California Republic Bank? Originating out of Orange County, they now have an office here in UTC. Sean Puckett and Lane Elliott with California Republic Bank, a very neat niche market bank serving wealthy families and family offices. Also, Neil Staley with Hub International, also known as Mars Maddox Insurance, a very wonderful employee benefits firm. We're just wrapping up open enrollment season. So big, big topic right now. Also, the LG Experience and the Lombardi Group helping Wealth advisors make heroes out of CPAs to the CPA's very best clients. LG has a big event for CPAs coming up in San Diego in May of 2016. More on that later. And, of course, recent guest Paul Hines, CEO of Hearthstone Private Wealth Management. Paul also heads up the senior safeandsound.org project here in San Diego, helping to prevent elder financial abuse. Also, a big thank you to Courtney Laver, PopX Graphics for supporting and maintaining our award-winning website where our listeners can find out all kinds of really, really cool things. Right, Joe? Absolutely. Just get on iymoney.com and get your cursor over to the Sponsor tab. There's a drop-down menu there, and you can click on any one or all of them. You can get their background information and their contact information, and I know they've all been working with Richard for many, many years. Right, Richard? In some cases, over (laughs) 30 years, which means I'm at least 40 years old. Yeah. And, of course, all of our guests, uh, we've archived all of them in alphabetical order now, which is kind of convenient. So if mm-hmm. you want to hear Erwin Jacobs or David Meltzer or Joan Embry or Jim Lampley. You Billy just have Jean to King. know to start with the last name. That's there. key. That's right. And just go right there, click on it. It'll take you right to that blog entry, and the um, the audio file should be right there for you. Absolutely. So. so, David, how has the sports world changed? I'm going to tell you two real quick stories. My dad used to be superintendent of schools up in um, a town in Northern California in the 1960s. And in 1967, at my school picture day, at my elementary school when I was in like fourth grade, the guy representing the school picture company was a guy by the name of Mike McCormick, who had just won the 1967 National League Cy Young Award for winning 22 games with the San Francisco Giants. Also, 
a janitor at that school during the offseason was a guy by the name of Jim Landis who won five gold gloves with the go-go White Sox of the late 50s and early 60s. These guys actually had off-season jobs because they couldn't make any money playing their sport. So obviously it's clear how things have changed, but how, how is the professional athlete different now than they were, say, 50 years ago? They're making more money. Well, besides <laughs> that. No, I, it, it is a, a science and a profession, and it goes far beyond the on-field play, right? These uh, players now understand building their own brand, uh, especially with the social networking aspect of what we do. Uh, the brand and the following could be more valuable than they're actually playing their mm -hmm. playing skill. And as we learn how to monetize those eyeballs and followers, uh, more and more the opportunities that come to our firm, you know, for example, we just had an opportunity the other day to find five Hall of Famers if they would make one tweet. It was several thousand dollars mm. to each of the Hall of Famers for one tweet. Wow. Um, you know, th this is you know something that, you know, if you're a Bobby Bell, for example, and you made $5,800 mm -hmm. a year, and you know every month you're paid ten or twenty thousand dollars to show up to golf tournaments. Another ten or twenty thousand to email, tweet, and you know I have another opportunity. We have a a, a charity uh, commerce for a cause program where we help companies switch over their merchant processing, and twenty percent of our net uh, gain goes to charity, and hmm. so it's called commerce for a cause. Mm -hmm. But one of the things is the first data, the, the big merchant service company, they give a two hundred and fifty dollar bonus if. We sign up someone and commit them for two years. Well, they want now as a promotion to have us get our Hall of Famers because Warren and I market the Pro Football Hall mm -hmm. of Fame. Well, if they will call and welcome them. So if you're a new merchant, you know, this is Bobby Bell or whoever it is, Franco Harris. I'd like to welcome you to Commerce for a Cause. That one little phone call, it, you know, we, we support the Hall of Fame. So we'll give $200 for them to make one phone sure. call. They make 10 phone calls in a day. It's two grand. That's half a season for Bobby Bell in his Super Bowl season. <laughs> no kidding. But you just don't have any former Oakland Raiders call me. Yeah, don't worry. Up. I'm a charger fan. Don't worry, I won't. Okay. Well, we've had Hank. We ignore them the best we can. <laughs> yeah, we've had Hank Barr on the show, and he's a fan. And his rookie season, he made twenty five thousand dollars. So uh, he's, he's one of my best friends. So really, absolutely great guy. He's terrific. I wish I wish he was still uh, doing the Chargers games, by the way, but uh, that's So does he, and yeah. so do we. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, maybe uh, maybe someday. Who knows? But you guys have a benefit coming up in Hawaii. Do you want to tell us about that? Uh, yep. So we do our 16th annual uh, Pro Bowl uh, party, and it's for uh, St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Money's donated through Warren's charity, which is the Crescent Moon Foundation. Mm -hmm. Warren set that up 27 years ago in Houston to give scholarships to underprivileged kids, hmm. not based on their academic prowess, but simply that they're enlightened enough to give back to their own community. So we feel that if an at-risk child who wants to go on after high school is enlightened enough to help others, we're willing to invest in that kid. And he's given hundreds of scholarships, and we raise uh, mm. a lot of money out in Hawaii for St. Jude. Warren sits on the board of uh, directors of trustees for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital nationally. Isn't that so great? it's a great cause and a great people. So January 28th, the next year, folks, if you want to get out to Honolulu, see the Pro Bowl and play some golf and, and do something philanthropic and have fun at the same time, uh, get over to the sports. You know, the Pro Bowl now confuses me because they don't really have teams. It's like... This. Well, it's an all-star game. It's right? an all-star game. Yeah, and they it should don't be have... an award show. That's what it should yeah, be. That's an award show, exactly. But you're in Hawaii, and you're having a wonderful time, so what the heck? Yeah, and, football uh, in Hawaii yeah. is a good thing. <laughs> you know, and speaking of sports changing, to me, here's the, here's the story I tell. is 45 of the, big, uh, of the biggest programs last year on TV were football. Mm -hmm. uh, Super Bowl number one. Really? But 45 were just NFL games. 
45 of the top 50 programs. Now, I know uh, Kylie Jenner may have beat uh, the Super Bowl this year, but most of the time it's... But of that, most people, 95% of all people, think they will never see an NFL game in the stadium. So that's the biggest hmm. change. Well, it's expensive for the average consumer. So yeah. obviously it drives it drives ratings. And, and the course, home experience is amazing. And, of course, remember, we thought Monday night football, this is great. Now they've got Sunday night football, Thursday, Thursday night, night football. football. <laughs> When's Tuesday and Wednesday? Wednesday afternoon fr- which football. one with Friday? <laughs> yeah. I think they do have Friday uh, once in a blue moon, too, or whatever. <laughs> then they have, a, of course, Thanksgiving. God, what a great game. We had three in a row. I think I watched two of the three. I don't know if you watched them, Richard. but uh, uh, No, Joe, I had 11,000 people over for Thanksgiving. <laughs> I was sort of tired. Oh, that's right. You were doing your turkey trip. Yeah. But gosh, they the Carolina. I, I like Carolina this year. I just think they're the um, they're ordained. Uh, to, I, they remind me of Seattle when they went all the way their year. They're, don't you think they're like the team to beat? Absolutely. And you know, Warren and I uh, helped Cam when he first came into the league. Helped him find his agent, train him for the combine here with George Whitfield. You know, he came to us. To he was drafted him. round one, number one, right? Yep. And uh, uh, and and the coach there is from you know I, I'm a Ron big Rivera. Rivera. Charger fans. Mm-hmm. So. We should have never let that guy go. My God, he was defense coordinator for the Chargers. I don't know. That's yeah. back when they played defense. How did How did McCoy get the gig? I don't know. I, don't uh, know. I would be uh, Bobby Ross. He'd be my favorite head coach. And then you would have Norb Turner as an offensive coordinator and Ron mm-hmm. Rivera as defensive coordinator. Oh my gosh! I don't care what talent we have. Yeah, it'd be amazing. Yeah. So wasn't Cam unfortunately sort of branded with some stereotypes? Yeah, coming? that's why we were hired. So okay. we did the internal PR. Warren came out. Uh, as an African-American quarterback and said, look, we could not prejudge uh, these kids by the color of their skin. I'm tired of hearing about black quarterbacks. And I will tell you, out of all the things that we're most proud of is that I think that we have made that shift and change, especially in the NFL, that you just, in the last six years that I've been working with Warren and we've gone on this internal PR campaign, Mm -hmm. you don't hear he's a black quarterback. Right. You you hear he's an ass or a bad quarterback Mm -hmm. or tall, too short, Mm -hmm. which is fine. Mm -hmm. But you just see them as quarterbacks. Right, right. Well, there's a great film about that, but we can talk about it uh, more after the break. Uh, why don't we take our come up not the break right now, then, uh, Justin? We'll come back with David Meltzer from Stort Sports One Marketing, CEO, uh, right after these announcements. All right, apparently, this is the theme song for Let's Make a Deal. Didn't know we had an <laughs> organ back here in the corner, did you, Joe? <laughs> Sounds like. <laughs> Sounds like a three-ring circus to me, but that's kind of like our show anyway. But anyway, we've got David Meltzer back with us. Uh, we can talk about concussions now, and then we're going to talk about your book. So what do you know about concussions, David? You know, the big movie's coming out December 25th that really rails apart the NFL and, and their precautions for concussion. Uh, you know, Warren and I take a different position. Lee actually was one that started the whole campaign to have safe, safer rules. And that's basically because he had Aikman, Moon, and Young. Yeah, protecting the assets. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but furthermore, we sit on the Sports Concussion Institute and work with them. Uh, I sit on the board of Sports Brain, which is baseline mm-hmm. testing. And Warren now is representing and helping the players, not going against the NFL, but we have a billion-dollar settlement for these concussions. Mm-hmm. And the players' biggest uh, uh, enemy mm-hmm. is apathy. Mm-hmm. And they just think that somehow someone's going to call them up and send them a check. Well, it's not true. So Warren's going to, over the next few months, reach out and look for all the NFL players that are eligible and make sure they understand how to certify themselves to get their share of the settlement that already exists. He's Mm -hmm. absolutely not going against the NFL. He's a big proponent of what procedures. But he he wants the players to be protected for what's rightfully been 
settled on for the for theirs. I mean, equipment-wise, I don't know if there's any much more they can do other than if you want to put like a big fishbowl on the head, uh, which would look ridiculous. But uh, I mean. And, of course, changing the rules. But, but David, do you think kids play football too young? I mean, in terms of organized football with helmets and stuff? You know, I, I, I played since I was seven. Yeah. I'm a big fan of flag football. Yeah. Um, and I think because men and women can play it, uh, and I think you learn the game. Yeah, and, co-ed. And, yeah. And, and football will become a gladiator sport like MMA. We'll, we'll watch these, these spectacles on TV. Um, but the game can be enjoyed and played at a flag football level with no injuries uh, more than anything else. And my girls are cheerleaders, mm-hmm. and it's the most dangerous sport there is. Mm-hmm. And I have one with a broken arm and one with a broken hand right now. <laughs> you, make a good, you, you make a good point, though. We, we overlook boxing. We overlook MMA. I mean, what's more? I mean, there's no protection or padding there, and uh, heads are getting smashed Well, they got gloves the on. Yeah, but you don't want you don't, <laughs> you, no, want, you want to get you don't want to get you don't want to get punched in the temple by yeah. talk to Terry of, Norris here. Yeah, yeah no right? kidding. poor guy, good friend of mine. No yeah, kidding. and look at Muhammad Ali. I mean, there's the poster child right there. Uh, unfortunately, so well, I I hope they come up with uh, you know some good solutions. And Richard, you make a good point. I think uh, you know youth football. Uh, I mean, you see these things on the internet with little eight year olds colliding, yeah, and co- collapsing, and I mean it's their brains aren't even developed. And of course, we never get the stories about uh, you know really whether it's paralyzed, somebody getting paralyzed or or worse. Um, well, you hear it all I, the time in high school football, kids getting injured for you know in a chair for the rest of their lives. I know, but if it happened in in Arkansas today, I don't you know the news. I just think the news is very right. Uh, it happens uh, a lot more than you hear about. They, is my point. Yeah. Absolutely. So, D- David, you wrote a really cool book called Connected to Goodness. Yes, sir. W- what's that all about? You know, uh, through the trials and, and tribulations of losing everything, my wife, instead of leaving me, uh, she told me to go back and codify what made me me. I had some great successes young, and she said I wasn't living my life the same way. I wasn't paying attention. So I went back and created this outline uh, with these principles, uh, three imagination principles, as I mentioned before, and three mm-hmm. action and I started to live my life again by these principles. And, and what happened at first was all the bad actions and causes that I had created for myself were coming down upon me. So there's bankruptcy and lawsuits and a bunch of things that I was accountable for. And the interesting thing is I stuck to my principles and believed that if I kept living by these principles, that I once again could have everything come back to me. And you know, out of nowhere, I meet Lee Steinberg. Out of, all these great things happen in the, the wealth and, and, and recreating myself in a humble manner. And, and after that, uh, my uh, general counsel was an author, and he told me, Dave, you should write a book and teach people about what helped you and how it happened with a little bit of history and some great stories and quotes and things like that. And it luckily keeps selling more and more every month, became a bestseller. Uh, I, I continue to write. I have other books that will be released called The Way to Happiness, Connect, uh, Getting Out of Your Own Way. The fourth book will launch first is called Don't Do Business with Dicks. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then <laughs> I was honored by Blaine Bartlett. He, he collaborated a book with me, uh, and it's called um, Compassionate Capitalism. Mm. And so it deals with uh, the economic side of things. But it's been a real love, love of my life, that book, and, and, I'm, and it changed a lot of lives. Now, your inspiration for the principles in here, did you just read a bunch of other material or something that was self-realized or uh, all it, of that? That's a great question because originally it came from my five to thrive sales system. So I created this five to thrive that was mm-hmm. my first nuance of kind of spirituality and business together. Mm-hmm. And it consisted of, you know, a, a basically stimulating interest, transitioning interest, 
sharing a vision, managing and developing a vision, and thriving. Hmm. And a lot of these principles were from those. And then I had a bunch of other notes from due diligence that I put together and organized by that outline. But a lot of it's dealing with disappointment, setback, uh, sabotaging ourselves, and uh, and how to overcome that, right? Yeah, uh, a lot of it has to do with the way we get in our own way with our mind and mm-hmm. understanding that everyone's human and the ego and all. And it also, that's on the imagination side, the power of like Wayne Dyer, mm-hmm. great influence in this book. Lee Brower mm-hmm. is a great influence. But on the action side, it's Covey-esque. I mean, it's very concrete, pragmatic about, you know, here's how you're more efficient and statistically successful. This is how effective habits are created with skills, desire, and knowledge. So you do a lot of speaking around town and, uh, and, and elsewhere, right? Yeah. Um, anywhere, anywhere coming up in Southern California that we can talk about? A- absolutely. Well, I have the Ambition Con- Conference at the, at the Country Inn. We do Secret Knock. Uh, That's where we first met at Gregory's Secret Knock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I spoke here at San Diego State, UCSD, uh, USD. Uh, so whenever I have a corporate talk, I always incorporate a school mm-hmm. and volunteer my time, and which is the most rewarding. Yeah, uh, and it also falls into the principle of being kind to your future self. Yeah. Now, San Diego State has a, um, a sports marketing department, right? You must have been lecturing over there, right? Yeah. Just recently, I was over there. Tremendous de- department. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, I'm, I grew up right around the block from there, so a big fan mm-hmm. of San Diego State. All right, we can't leave this show without talking about the Chargers in the stadium and getting your take on that. What uh, stadium? <laughs> <laughs> well, the the imaginary stadium that the that the Spanoses <laughs> want. But um, how do you think it's going to play out with uh, Carson and and um, Cranky's other facility yeah. and whatnot? Any thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I, I help with the, the Carson project, and I, I think it, it's not realistically going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Cranky uh, and the Inglewood project will happen. St. Louis will come here, and I think the Raiders will actually end up in St. Louis. And then the big question mark, will we rally enough here to, say, to save the Chargers? It's not a necessity of the NFL. Mm-hmm. They've been pretty clear that they're going to start with one team, mm-hmm. uh, and then the, the next step would be St. Louis coming here. Next step, I think, will be the Raiders going to St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it'll be interesting because obviously the Chargers need more time. Yeah. Re- regardless, they can't Wherever have, they go, they need it, more time. It, there's yeah. more time, and yeah. the Spanos understand that. Um, and, and I'm hoping they stay as, as much as I live in Orange County now and might be closer. I'd rather them stay. And, here. and they'd be, be, be uh, maybe vo- motivated to sell with the capital gains consideration. Richard, do you want to elaborate on that? Because I, I think uh, if. Well, as, as family members pass away and they get what's called step up in basis in their stock, that is to say the assets income tax cost becomes its fair market value at the date of the owner's passing, you know, as, as, as these assets move to a second generation or a third generation, in many cases, you can liquidate and pay no capital gains tax. So if they li- Even though you may have had to pay some estate, E-S-T-A-T-E, estate tax. Yeah, because uh, Spanos bought the team at, at a, for about $70 million. Now it's valued over $1.4 billion. Right. And uh, so they'll get it valued at $70 million if they sell, right? Well, uh, again, right. the step up in basis would mean the capital gains would basically go away if they were to sell after somebody passed away. Right. Yeah. That's, that's the point. So, so it's interesting. So there may interesting. be. But, they, you know, that affects a lot of families that have now become multi-generational mm-hmm. in the NFL, yeah. many of which have, obviously. Yeah, interesting. So we've got about a minute left, David. Um, thank you for being down here from, uh, from Orange County. And any closing thoughts, uh, anything you're working on right now that uh, you'd like to mention? or You know, I, I just want to reiterate the easiest and best way to change your life is to say thank you before you go to bed and thank you when you wake up. you got to do it for 30 straight days, though. Mm. And it's interesting. It sounds easy, 
but about half the people that are listening won't even do it to, by the end of the night. Put it on your mirror, folks. So, but David Melser, thank you so much for being our guest. David, Rick, thank you. Really appreciate it. Richard, great seeing you. Justin Hart on our soundboard. Thanks Happy for make, holidays, everybody. Yes, thanks for making us sound great, Justin. Thank you to Craig Blanking, our con executive, and to Dave Sniff, our programming genius here at KFMB. All these podcasts are at iwaymoney.com. Have a great holiday, folks. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.